Hey everyone, it's Professor Floros in the politics classroom. Sometimes the conversation I have with my guests is too long to fit into a regular podcast episode. And so it spills over into office hours, a special podcast only segment that includes the leftover pieces that were just too good not to share. So the following conversation with Professor Maria Holman from Tulane University's political science department is a continuation of our conversation about women and girls and their political ambitions, as well as a discussion of her research with Professor Emily Ferris on sheriffs and local politics. So please enjoy this Office Hours special bonus episode. Here we go. Post on Twitter quite a bit about sheriffs. Ah, yes. So can you talk about the project <laughs> that you're working on that deals with sheriffs and why are they so interesting? Yes. Or are yes. they interesting? <laughs> oh, I think they're very interesting. Okay. <laughs> this is, <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, I have a collaborator, Emily Ferris, who's a professor at Texas Christian University. And Emily and I have been working on various projects around county sheriffs for more than 10 years now. So uh, we have a lengthy history of working on this. And we started out as two young researchers interested in local politics who wanted to work with each other. We were like, we we should do a project together. Let's find something to work on. Hmm. Uh, Emily is from rural Alabama. I'm from rural Oregon. And Uh, We were talking about how a lot of the urban politics scholarship ignores the politics of rural communities and and doesn't acknowledge that the structures of power for cities and the structures of power for rural communities are very different. We both were like, oh, like sheriffs are an interesting example of this, right? This is something where in the communities that we both grew up in, sheriffs in my community, that was basically the most powerful local political position was a sheriff. Mm. And in her community, sheriff's elections are important. Who is elected as sheriffs really affects what happens in the community. They have a lot of independent power. Ooh, okay, so let's, let's just go see what political scientists have written about sheriffs. Uh, okay, well, it turns out nothing. Right, I was saying, <laughs> I mean, you're are, still looking. There's an article from 1939. Nice. That's great. There's a couple of pieces, but generally at that point in 2012, there basically had not been any kind of concentrated analysis of county sheriffs and what they did or why they did it, anything like that. And we started out with sort of a really basic question, which was, 
let's just look at descriptive and substantive representation among sheriffs. Okay. Let's look at women as sheriffs and let's look at black and Latino sheriffs. And we ran into the problem that there are in essence, no women sheriffs. Uh, so there's more than 3000 sheriffs in the United States. Most sheriffs, 99% uh, of them are elected to office. There's a small group that are appointed. Most have an enormous amount of autonomy. So they are not subject to policy decisions made by, say, a county commissioner. They make their in independent decisions. Hmm. There's often fights over budgets, but generally sheriffs get to decide whatever policies they'd like to have. Sheriffs largely run jails and provide courthouse security and mm -hmm. are the primary law enforcement agent for rural America, but then also for some major urban areas. So we might think about the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department as being an incredibly powerful urban police department that is run by an elected official. And 99% of sheriffs are men. So of the more than 3,000 sheriffs in the United States, 27 are women. Wow. And 93% are white. So yeah, <laughs> this is an office where it's a lot of white guys and they're making really important decisions that have large effects on our daily lives. So an interesting example of this is that sheriffs make a lot of decisions about how to handle sexual assault and domestic violence. Mm. And so a sheriff might have a policy decision that they choose to offer social services to somebody that's been the victim of domestic violence. And that might include transportation, uh, that might include staying with them until somebody from a local shelter picks them up and might include providing them resources. It, there's a wide set. Or a sheriff could decide that they're not going to do that. And one of the sort of pieces that Emily and I have worked on that I think is really important is that we show that sheriffs that have negative attitudes about women are less likely to offer those kinds of services to victims of domestic violence. That sounds like it would track. Yeah. You had an article that talked about hostile versus benevolent sexism. Is mm -hmm. this a distinction that applies to this work on sheriffs? That's a great question. Uh, we have not yet applied oh. that distinction, okay. but it should apply. So can you explain what those two yeah. things are? Because yeah. I probably couldn't do a good job of that. <laughs> yeah. So um, when we think about sexism, uh, this is generally a set of attitudes where people have views about the appropriateness of the inequality of men and women. If you hold sexist views, you think it's okay that there are some level of inequality between men and women. Okay. If you are a benevolent sexist, it means that you have the view that women need to be protected. Okay. That women are weaker, they're softer, they're nicer than men. And so, and men are stronger, they're meaner, they're more aggressive. And so women need to be put on a pedestal. Men should pay when men and women go out to eat. Men should open the door for women, right? So this idea of, this is like deeply tied to these gender roles that, mm -hmm. that we've been talking about. Alternatively, hostile sexists have this view that 
women are inferior. And one of the primary problems in society is that women are trying to push men down in order to get more power. Mm. And so this is a belief that women unfairly get access to jobs and promotions because they're women Mm. or that women are often lie about discrimination and harassment in order to get one over on men or make up stories of rape make up make up women falsely accuse men uh, of sexual assault regularly so these two attitudes exist in society some people hold both of those views at the same time some people hold one versus the other In some of my research, I've shown, for example, that people that are hostile sexists were much more likely to vote for Donald Trump than for Hillary Clinton, Hmm. which makes sense. And and Donald Trump himself frequently had public statements that echoed components of hostile sexism. This idea that women, women are, Hillary was playing the woman card, right? So she's, she's trying to get people to vote for her, not because she's deserving, but because she's a woman. That worked with people, right? Yeah, it did work. And you say that women can also hold benevolent sexist attitudes. Can or hostile sexist attitudes. Or, okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, you know. Again, part of the socialization? Part of socialization. And the idea here is that these attitudes are deeply ingrained in our idea of sort of a gender system that exists in the world, right? And that gender system is for many people sort of a delicate balance that they exist in the system and the system works for them to a certain extent. And so they want to protect the system. Mm, Okay. And so people are socialized to have particular attitudes or they learn these attitudes from their peers or from their partners or from their parents. And then they come to believe that the system that they that exists is a good system, even if it's a system that doesn't really work for them. If we as outside observers are like, this, this sounds terrible. Why are you doing this? But it's their system. It's my right. system. And so any attempts to change it are seen as an attack on them personally. Um, and, it, okay. and it like you're trying to destroy everything that I hold, hold dear. Uh, so if you're saying, oh, we should have more women in political power or we sh- or women should be able to be we should have more women as CEOs and more women in the workplace oh well then you're saying that me as a stay-at-home mom my work is not valuable right I'm sure you've witnessed these kinds of discussions before yeah. right where somebody's like oh I'm so excited that women are doing this thing and it's like well women can just be moms too right one does not preclude the other from happening, but if you have built up this system as being very fair to you, even if it's not actually fair, then any attempt to change it is, is seen as this sort of personal attack. Okay, and then if we think about that in terms of sheriffs, would we think that <laughs> maybe benevolent sheriffs would be more willing to have services mm-hmm. for yeah, absolutely you know victims of assault or but wouldn't necessarily want to promote women as deputies in their office, right? Mm-hmm. That one is not nece- just because you're willing to provide services and su- and to protect women doesn't mean necessarily that you then want women in positions of power. Okay. Interesting. And so have you had to do lots of interviews with sheriffs? Oh, yes. How does that go? Well, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is that both Emily and I being fairly 
young looking white women helps really a lot because they want to lecture us. Oh, so they give <laughs> a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, patriot paternalism. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Patriarchy, yeah. paternalism. Yeah. Oh Lord. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I continue to be surprised at, you know, I've both Emily and I have appeared in major national news stories talking about how wild some some sheriffs are and how terribly they behave and yet sheriffs continue to talk to us and tell us what they think about the world so that's lovely that they are willing to contribute to our research wow okay well now i will pay closer attention to sheriffs i know that we please do yes cook county (laughs) where chicago is has sheriffs but i don't they largely run the jail and provide mm-hmm. courthouse security. So they're not law enforcement. They don't have what we would call like sworn employees who are law enforcement employees who go out and arrest and investigate. They're mostly just jail and courthouse. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that those two things aren't very important policy arenas, but it's a more limited uh, set of roles. Well, I know that in the run up to this coming election or the 2022 election, there is a program to like bring voting to the Cook County Jail so that people who are incarcerated at the jail can vote, mm-hmm. which I'm sure a different type of county sheriff would not even remotely think of allowing that to happen if people in jail are allowed to vote in that state. That's right. So even in, even in Chicago, not being a rural and having a massive police department, there are a lot of things that the county sheriff has control over, I guess. Yeah. So there you have it, the importance of sheriffs and a little bit about sexism thrown in for good measure. I hope you've enjoyed this brief Office Hours podcast-only edition of the Politics Classroom. Looking forward to another session very soon. This is Professor Floros, class dismissed.